Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine, the show that teaches you how to survive the things that can kill you. Like being swallowed by a sinkhole, finding rats in your car's engine, or being in total isolation. Mm, and the things that just make you wish you were dead. Like eating a bug or accidentally stealing a hat from Target. Ooh, maybe living next to some toxic neighbors. Ooh, let's get into it. Theme song. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. I am Danielle. I'm Christine. Christine, you have multiple scarves on today. It's really just one. Well, you have a scarf on and then you have one of those really cute headbands Headbands that has a knot on top. Yes, made to look like a scarf. Yeah, it's right? really cute. Thanks. I don't look good in those kind of things at all. I look fresh off the boat. I have just landed in Ellis Island if I wear any sort of headscarf. But... That could be cute. No, it is not. I need not on me. I'm gonna need visual proof on that. Oh, okay. Well, I'm pretty sure all the TV appearances I made when I was in, uh, in high school. Yeah, they usually slapped a scarf on. They me did because it was that time period where people. That's what people wore, and if not that, yes. then like a blossom hat. What I want is to find screenshots of you and your I will try. appearances, or I, I'll try to find them online. Or, I try to find the Finelli boys because yes. I was trying to tell my. Who was in the Finale Boys? Because okay. I don't know. I don't know this. Are you ready? Yeah. Now, what order should I go in? Okay. Joey Pantaleone. I'm drawing a blank. Joey Pants. Joey Pantaleone. You know him. I do. Yeah. Um. He. Well, he was in Goodfellas, but I mean, he was sorry. He was in uh, Sopranos, but that's not what you know him from. He isn't he in. Um, he's in the Matrix. Yeah, he's in the Matrix. We'll pull up a picture. Okay. He's ex- he's he's like works constantly. This guy named Ned Eisenberger, who ended up being a lawyer on uh, Law and Order. Um, not Bruno Kirby, but Bruce Kirby, his father. And Christopher Maloney. Oh, Maloney Baloney. So I was having this conversation. Oh, she, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, From she, the Matrix. Okay. Now she knows who. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Pants. So I was having this conversation with my friend. We were texting back and forth about how much we love... Um, Christopher Maloney and his cake. Yes, and well, I don't. I don't get that reference. He's got a big old butt. Oh, and, yes. Um, people online are like, "How do you have so much cake?" Yeah, because he's like really, really incredibly fit. Yeah, and likes to show it off, but is extremely. He seems extremely sweet and like lovely, mm-hmm. and he's super liberal. And I like all of his t- tweets. And anyway, so I was trying to find a picture uh, from the Finale Boys, which was a very short-lived sitcom, and. Um, I think Richard Libertini was in it too, um, and I couldn't find it. 
I couldn't find it, huh. so I don't know. We're going to find it. But, I think we can unearth something. <laughs> but recently, okay, so I've, I never do things like this, and I'm always like, anyway, recently he tweeted, I guess, Ned Eisenberger, this guy who had been on both Finelli Boys with him and Law and Order yeah. as, a, as a lawyer, um, had died. I guess he died earlier this year, but they just had a memorial for mm-hmm. him or something like that, and he he said something sweet about them. Like he, he had a picture of them together and he said something sweet about him. And I, I responded and I said, I was on the finale boys when I was a teen and you were both, you know, um, very lovely. You Aww. were all very lovely. Cause yeah. they were, they were really lovely. And, um, Jimmy was like, did you respond to Chris Maloney? I'm like, I know, I know, it's horrible. I hate it's not. You're supposed well, to do that. Well, because you're like saying your credits. It's like, and it's like, I hate when people show pictures of them with a celebrity. Oh, when you know, they've died. When they've died. And I everyone's mean, like, I was in a picture with this person once, so right. we are friends. Right. <laughs> right. I don't um, think it's the same, and I think it's fine. Anyway. It's part of your history. Yes. And I had to... Um, I had to flirt with him. He didn't flirt back. I mean, in okay. the episode. I okay. was a teenager. Yeah. I had to flirt with Christopher Maloney. Had to. Ugh. Well, it's not like I was really skilled at it in real life. <laughs> you were acting. And I had a New York accent. It was a whole thing. Do you remember a sitcom that had yes. twin? I, I, I know because you're the... You're going to say Double Trouble. Twin, twin girls. Yes. They're still around, I think. Maybe one person played both twins. And Were they in their 20s? Yes. Yeah. So I know exactly who you're talking about. Double Trouble. And I, they always remind me of that actress from The Affair who plays the wife, whose name I can't think What's of. What's The Affair? He, it's with the guy from The Wire who uh, is now going to play the new Prince Charles in The Crown. Okay. And yeah, okay. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about? He's. He, I, I think he's English or yes. Scottish or Welsh. I just watched half of the first episode of The Crown. Oh, I didn't know the new one was Yeah, out. it's all out. The Melda Staunton. Yes. I'm excited. Um, so you know who I'm talking about, even though I can't call, recall his name. I don't know the show, The Affair. Is it a movie? It's on or? Showtime. Okay. And why can't I think of this actress's name? She's great. She, you know her. She's in everything. And this isn't the actress from the sitcom. She was on ER, right? Is that who you're talking about? Yes. Moira Tierney? Yes. Moira oh, Moira Tierney. So, I love her. It's not Moira Tierney who's from the sitcom, but it's an actress who you'd go, oh, Moira Tierney adjacent. Okay. So they were twins. Okay. The show was called Double Trouble. Okay. Um... They're, they are the sister of Katie Seagal. No way. They are the sisters of Katie <gasps> Seagal. You're blowing my mind right now. And um, there were, the I don't know if you know who the Funny Boys are, but the Funny Boys were two guys who were a comedy team. I think they were also in um, uh, Some Kind of Wonderful, just in a scene where they're playing I don't know like this. Yeah. dice or something. But uh, Jim Vallelee was... Yeah, he's showing her. Yes. Yes. I obsessed about them. I wanted to be them. They were so cute. Okay, listen. With their to, little bangs. Listen to this. Okay. So I've had a song stuck in my head my entire life. Okay. That pops into my head probably once a week uh-huh. from an episode of that show. Really? Maxi Burger, Maxi Burger, yum, yum, yum. Maxi yes. Burger, Maxi Burger makes you want to hum. I remember that. You Because one of them was an actress. Yeah, and she went on this commercial like audition, yep. and she had to sing this, and maybe the other twin actually ended up going on the audition, because you know, there's always yeah, yeah, yeah. switcheroos. One was straight-laced, and one was... The actress. Yeah, and then something. the story in real life was, actually, they were the other way around. Yes. So, okay, so these guys are f- funny boys. Sorry, Jim Vallely. That's okay. Jim Vallely is a, is a really successful TV writer now. Yes. I think he wrote on um, Arrested Development, but his daughter... <laughs> So inside Hollywood. But anyway, his daughter, Tannis Vallelee, yes, went to school with me and she was the little girl on head of the class. Okay. So remember head of the class, it was in high school, but there was one little kid. I don't who, remember the little kid, but keep okay, going. Okay, so it was you know, they were all geniuses. Okay. And head of the and she was the little kid. Anyway, that was Tannis. So we had some day where I think the funny boys came and performed for us or something because it was like a performance day. I was trying to remember if the girls came, the twins, but I don't think the twins came. I think it was just the funny boys. Well, I have a question about the class. Was the teacher the DJ from WKRP in Cincinnati? Howard Hessman. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Then he was replaced with the Scottish comedian Billy Connolly? Thank you, Billy Connolly. Why was he replaced? Was he a problem? He just wanted to do other projects. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Garen will 
I forgot. I've never heard that Howard Houseman was a problem. So I loved WKRP in Cincinnati. I love it so much. I loved that show. Okay, well, all right. We really should get to our topic. Oh today. wait, this isn't a show about eighties uh, sitcoms and. But didn't I give you way more information than you thought you were gonna get? I, I told you. I know. I wanted it all, and I want more. I can't remember their names, but I know it is Seagal because they are her sister. And isn't Katie Seagal's daughter also somebody in Hollywood now? I don't know. I feel like she has a daughter who is a big actress now. I did not know that her entire family was like a big entertainment Hollywood family. And I more? thought it just her parents, her brother, her oh, sisters, really? they're all in the business. I thought it was just her. Huh. I didn't even know she had siblings like that. Yeah, so I don't know where those twins went, but now I'm going to do a deep dive. Okay. Today we are going to learn how to survive isolation. Oh, I think I'm really primed for this. There's a couple of different kinds of isolation we're going to talk about. Okay. We're going to talk about like hyper isolation, extreme isolation, and also kind of what we went through with COVID. Great. I want to hear both. I feel like this is really good for us. Yeah. Okay. We all want to be alone from time to time to escape the demands of our colleagues. <coughs> Karen. <laughs> or the hassle of crowds. But not alone alone. For most people, prolonged social isolation is all bad, particularly mentally. We know this not only from reports by people who have experienced it firsthand, but also from psychological experiments on the effects of isolation and sensory deprivation, some of which had to be called off due to the extreme and bizarre reactions of those involved. Uh, Naked burrowing. (laughs) I wish I had a piece on naked burrowing here. Why does the mind unravel so spectacularly when we're truly on our own? And is there any way to stop it? We've known for a while that isolation is physically bad for us. Chronically lonely people have higher blood pressure, are more vulnerable to infection. Mm. I don't know if that's because they're just in bed and they have bed sores or something. Are also more likely to develop Alzheimer's disease and dementia. Uh Uh-oh. Loneliness also interferes with a whole range of everyday functioning, such as sleep patterns, attention, and logical and verbal reasoning. The mechanisms, mechanisms I'm sorry, I am extra stuffed up lately because of, I don't know, the... loneliness (laughs) (laughs) i could use with a little more loneliness the mechanisms the mechanisms behind these effects are still unclear though what is known is that social isolation unleashes an extreme immune response interesting a cascade of stress hormones and inflammation Mm -hmm. this may have been appropriate in our early ancestors when being isolated from the group carried big physical risks but for us the outcome is mostly harmful Yet some of the most profound effects of loneliness are on the mind. For starters, isolation messes with our sense of time. One of the strangest effects is the time shifting reported in those who have spent long periods living underground without daylight. In 19... The mole people. Oh, the mole. I'm <laughs> yeah. glad you're going to talk about the mole people. <laughs> in 1961, French geologist Michael Sifrey... Oh, nice. Pronunciation. Led, I'm just guessing. Led a two-week expedition to study an underground glacier beneath the French Alps and ended up staying two months, fascinated by how the darkness affected human biology. He decided to abandon his watch and live like an animal. Oops. Well, I know people who do that just in their own homes. (laughs) (laughs) While conducting tests with his team on the surface, they discovered it took him five minutes to count to what he thought was 120 seconds. Oh, boy. So it really screws with your sense of time. A similar pattern of slowing time was reported by Maurizio Mantelbini, a sociologist and caving enthusiast. In 1993, Maltzalbini spent 366 days in an underground cavern near Pesaro in Italy that had been designed with NASA to simulate space missions, breaking his own world record for time spent underground. When he emerged, he was convinced only 219 days had passed. It was 366. Wow. I would be like, I miss Christmas. Yeah, right? Right? Because a year is 365, right? So Last time missed, I checked. He, he was a day in a year. He he missed his birthday. He missed flag day. He missed flag day. Big one. His sleep <laughs> his sleep wake cycles had almost doubled in length. Since then, researchers have found that in darkness, most people eventually adjust to a 48-hour cycle. 36 hours of activity followed by 12 hours of sleep. 
Oh, that's way too long to be awake. It's so long. Oh. The reasons are still unclear. So I was trying to have this conversation with Jimmy and Oliver the other day. When I say try, it was just me spouting off and they not them not knowing what to say. But, <laughs> um, which happens sometimes. Um, okay, you know how like very productive people always say that they sleep like four hours a night? Yes. Okay. And it's like they're very successful I mean, I always like Robert Hershkovic on on um, uh, the Shark Tank, I, the Shark Tank, Shark Tank. I think he said he sleeps like four hours a night. And, you know, they're always these CEOs. Yes. So my question is, are people just built differently? Like f- the reason I ask is I got five hours of sleep the other night because I couldn't fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And I was a mess the next yeah. day. I yeah. can't do it. Yeah. So my question is, do people just train? They must train themselves. But it also must be like a psychological thing of, well, I'm important and I get things done and I have to be up and you just get used to it. I don't know. I think people are built differently. You, so you do I think, really think people are built differently? I really think people are built differently. I don't think it's something you can w- do through willpower okay. or because you want it enough or because right. you like decide that's what you're going to do. Because I just don't think you can like I'm I live with someone who can do less sleep. Oh, and, and not that that not that amount. Yeah. But like when we went through um, sleep, tra- like when our kids were babies yeah. and we didn't get much sleep because, you know, they would get up. We'd have to get up every hour and feed them. And so we'd maybe get like four or five hours sometimes. Right. He would be functional and fine and yeah. be able to still go to work. And like right. kind of in a good mood and move through the day. And I was a wreck. Yeah. A wreck. And not, it's the same now where it's like he he might not get a good night of sleep because, you know, the cat's jumping on us and biting our faces <laughs> and the kids are coming in stealing and out of, your soul, stealing our breath, stealing our online identity. <laughs> <laughs> this cat is really a... What is your cat buying with your credit card? Oh, I think catnip and yeah. cat toys. Not very inventive, this cat. No, no, no. Um, the kids, you know, come in and out of our bed. So so we still can get bad nights of sleep. And he's like, I'm fine. You know, just I feel a little tired. And I'll be like, I can't yes, move. That's how I am. I'll feel like I got hit on the head with a hammer. Right. And just that I've been up for days and I had 10 drinks and I'll, I will be like, I have to lay down. Yes. I can't function. Like, same, same. So I really don't think it's like, well, if I trained myself, so maybe it's I biological. could be a CEO. Like, I just don't think. OK. I think we should not beat ourselves up and think, well, we I'm could not, do that if we want. You yeah. Know. Yeah. I, I've just always like um, people always say, yeah, I'm not in my 20s anymore. I can't stay up till five and then go to work. I could never do that. No. I even when I was going out in my 20s. You'd feel it. I would. No, I'd look at my watch and go, okay, I have to go to bed now. I have to leave now because I have to get eight hours of sleep. I have to work. Like, I just, there's also a sense of responsibility, but also I just can't function. Yeah. No, I I think, um, I also have a suspicion that those people are lying. Well, that's quite possible. You know, like, I don't necessarily, when they are like, oh, I only only need four hours of sleep. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. How much coffee are you drinking the next day if you only have four hours of sleep? Yeah, and is it is it really in like are you napping through the day too? Like I don't know if I believe. I don't know. I don't know. I I mean I think you're right that it's a possibility. Okay, so now we're gonna switch tactics and we're gonna talk about this was written during the pandemic, but lockdown tips. Okay. About being isolated, but I'm reading it because. We could be in a pandemic again. And we kind of still, I mean, we're, we're not, not in a lockdown. We're not in a lockdown, but we're not like, oh, COVID's over. Some of some of those people out there are. You know, I mean, we're kind but, of yeah. living a little more regularly now yeah, yeah, yeah. for the most part. But again, numbers can go up anytime. We don't know what's ahead of us. <sighs> yep. Let's hope it's all good. Okay. Lockdown tips. Reframe. I'm stuck inside too. I can finally focus on my home and myself. As dismal as the world may feel right now, think of the mandated work from home policy as an opportunity to refocus your attention from the external to the internal. Doing one productive thing per day can lead to a more positive attitude. Set your sights on long avoided tasks, reorganize or create something you've always wanted to. Approaching this time with a mindset of feeling trapped or feeling, sorry, approaching Approaching this time with a mindset of feeling trapped or stuck will only stress you out more. This is your chance to slow down and focus on yourself. I liked it at the beginning. 
at the at the very beginning of the lockdown, it was raining mm-hmm. in LA, mm-hmm. and I remember just feeling so cozy, yeah. and excited that I didn't have to go anywhere. I mean, that wore off, but do you feel more of an introvert as a person, or do you... I don't think I'm an introvert, mm-hmm. but I have a propensity toward laziness. Okay, and not when I'm employed or anything like that, but when I I have to self-motivate yeah so the fact that i couldn't do anything it's kind of a break or like an excuse psychologically yes it gave me an excuse yes i I liked it i'm i think i'm an introvert when it comes to social outings where if i have a reason to get out of it i'm kind of happy where it's like Mm -hmm. well i don't have to go to any yeah you know there's not going to be any weddings or you know birthday parties out in public like that for me was like yay there's no events with more than five people yeah. Hooray. Well, I didn't even do those. I mean, I didn't even do five people, but... Well, for a long time, I didn't either. Yeah. I mean, it was like somebody would come over, we'd sit out on my yes, deck. outside, yeah. Of, you know, apart from each other, and we were like, is it okay if I... <laughs> I, I remember it was like, I'll bring my own drink, <laughs> yes. and we won't touch each other's glasses. It was, yes, it was we really... We sprayed it, vegetables. Yeah, it was like, yeah. remember wiping off your grocery yes. bags? Like, you know, it yes. was pretty intense for a while. Okay. Stay two. stay close to your normal routine. Try and maintain some semblance of structure from the pre-quarantine days. For those individuals with children, sticking to a routine might be easier. I see. I think it would be harder. But however, as you work from home, it could be tempting to fall into a more lethargic lifestyle, which would could lead to negative thinking. Yep. Garen. I don't know what you're talking okay. about. OK. Wake up and go to bed around the same time. <laughs> Eat meals, shower, adapt your exercise regimen. I did that. Get out of your PJs. That's hard for me to do. I really like being in my PJs. Yeah. It's like, why do I want to put on hard pants again? Well, I I, sometimes I just put on PJ adjacent clothes. Yes. What are the athleisure wear? I did that too. So, um, it'd be like one. It'd be like getting from one set of. No, these are my bed sweats and these are my in world sweats, daytime sweats. I, I did that too. Do laundry on Sundays as usual. Not only will sticking to your normal routine help you act, sorry, help you activate. Not only will sticking to your normal routine keep you active and less likely to spiral, it will be easier to readjust to the outside world when it's time to go back to work. Three, avoid obsessing over endless coronavirus coverage. Freeing up your day to, from work or social obligations gives you plenty of time to obsess. And if you have a tendency to consult Google for every itch and sneeze, you may be over-researching the pandemic as well. Choosing only certain credible websites uh, for a limited amount of time each day will be the best. Will be in your best interest during this time. For a chaotic home can lead to a chaotic mind. With all the uncertainty happening outside your home, keep the inside organized, predictable, and clean. Setting up mental zones in for daily activities can be helpful to organize your day. For example, try not to eat in bed or work on the sofa, just as before. Eat at the kitchen table and work at your desk. Tell my family that. Do they regularly eat in bed? No wonder you have rats. <laughs> well, oh, the ice, the, the icicles, the popsicles, the, the popsicles, uh, and I've had to get my kids to stop eating in the living. Like they want a snack, you know, while they watch TV shows. Oh, which we you know, do that a I don't, lot. I wouldn't mind, but my kids aren't very good about keeping like taking stuff back into the kitchen when they're done so then it's like me constantly taking bowls and crumbs and things make them do it make them do you have a dust buster i i do make them but it's a lot of nagging yeah that's funny because i remember when they were three yeah they were they got up from the dinner table and put their dishes in the dishwasher and I was like, holy shit, I'm doing something wrong because these kids are doing shit my son doesn't do and he's way older than them. Yeah. I mean, they are good about certain things. Yeah. It's just it's constant. Yeah. I mean, I think this is regular parenting, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just you're, you feel constant like reminding. constant like mean person. <laughs> yeah. It's just nodded along as if I have a clue what regular <laughs> parenting is like. Yeah, I know this. You're, I your, know this you're is... your own child and your own parent. That's true. OK. Um, additionally, a cluttered home can cause you to become uneasy and claustrophobic of your environment. So keep it tidy. Start five. Start a new quarantine ritual. With this newfound time, why not do something special? Like a blood sacrifice. 
<laughs> but do it at the same time every day. Well, yeah, that's what I because meant. Because you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you have your, you know, your your needle or your your knife yeah. and your your bucket. You got it all your, set up. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. For example, perhaps you can start a daily journal to jot down thoughts and feelings or a blood sacrifice. Yeah, either or. Or take a walk every day at four. We did that. We took walks. We did too. Nothing. My son hated more than family oh, walks. My son hated too. Them. Hated them. Alex was game for it, but Benji would be like, so mad. <laughs> Why do we have to do this again today? <laughs> we just did this yesterday. <laughs> And six, use telehealth as an option to talk to a professional if your anxiety becomes unmanageable. And we would give a shout out to which one if they were our sponsor, but they're not. Right. <laughs> not yet. Okay. I have a kind of sprinkling of stories. I love sprinkles. Okay. And I like those What did you call too. sprinkles growing up? Uh, what did I call sprinkles? You mean the kind you put on ice cream? Yes. I don't remember. Uh... You may have just called them sprinkles. I don't know. What did you call them? Wait, Garen, what did you call them? I think I just called them sprinkles. Okay. There's a... Some people call them jimmies. Never heard that. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. I've never heard that. Well, I've heard, like, recently that that's an East Coast thing, but I swear to God I we called them that growing up. I, I really... You called them jimmies, too? I thought we did. Have you ever taken that test on the New York Times that tells you... You answer a bunch of questions about what you called things. No, and that it tells like you exactly where you're from. Oh, that's fun. I mean, mine guessed like specifically <laughs> really? Northeast Ohio. Yeah, really. It'll be like, did you call this kind of sandwich a hoagie or a this or that? Like, it asks you specific okay. regional what you called things. It's really fun. I, I don't know if I would remember because everything's so interchangeable now. It you'd think that, but and you'd think it's like, oh, it's not gonna. Yeah, and it places you i mean okay. it did for me send it to me huh. if you yeah I'll, think of it. I'll find it okay sarah shroud's mind began to slip after about two months into her incarceration she heard phantom footsteps and flashing lights and spent most of her day crouched on all fours listening through a gap in the door wait can you tell me a little bit more about sarah where I'm she is going to. oh oh That's sorry the next paragraph sorry. well i got this excited just, this is a journalist's you know way to paint a picture oh okay you want me to feel very invested and guess what yes. i am that summer, the 32-year-old had been hiking with two friends in the mountains of Iraqi Kurdistan. Mm, doesn't mm. sound like a great idea. When they were I arrested by Iranian troops after straying onto the border with Iran. What's wrong with Yosemite? Uh, right? <laughs> it's really Accused nice there. Accused of spying, they were kept in solitary confinement in Evan Prison in Tehran, each in their own tiny cell. She uh. endured almost 10,000 hours... I was going to do the math and figure out how much, the, how many days that was, but I forgot. She endured almost 10,000 hours with little human contact before she was freed. Why don't you do it now in your head? <laughs> <laughs> Real quick. I'd rather do a human sacrifice. <laughs> One of the most disturbing effects was the hallucinations. In the periphery of my vision, I began to see flashing lights, only to jerk my head around to find... That nothing was there, she oh, wrote in, a, in the New York Times in 2011. At one point, I heard someone screaming, and it wasn't until I felt the hands of one of the friendlier guards on my face trying to revive me that I realized the screams were my own. Oh, my God. Why does the perceptually deprived brain play such tricks? Cognitive psychologists believe that the part of the brain that deals with ongoing tasks, such as sensory perception is accustomed to dealing with a large quantity of information, such as visual, auditory, and other environmental cues. But when there is a dearth of information, um, the various nerve systems feeding into the brain's central processor are still firing off, mm -hmm. but in a way that doesn't make sense. Wow. So after a while, the brain starts to make sense of them to make them into a pattern. It creates whole images out of partial ones. In other words, it tries to construct a reality from the scant signals available to it, yet it ends up building a fantasy world. Brains are crazy. It's crazy, right? Yeah. We derive meaning from our emotional states largely through contact with others. Biologists believe that human emotions evolved because they aided cooperation among our early ancestors who benefited from living in groups. Mm -hmm. The primary function is social. 
with no one to mediate our feelings of fear, anger, anxiety, and sadness, and help us determine their appropriateness, before long they deliver us a distorted sense of self, a perceptual fracturing, or a profound irrationality. It seems, which sounds like schizophrenia, right? Yeah. It seems that left uh, t- too much to ourselves, the very system that regulates our social living can overwhelm us. Take the 25,000 inmates held in supermaximum security prisons in the U.S. today. Without social interaction, supermax prisoners have no way to test appropriateness of their emotions or their fantastical thinking, says Terry Coopers, a forensic psychiatrist at the Wright Institute in Berkeley, California, who has interviewed thousands of supermax prisoners. I thought supermax was like a store, like a... Like a staple store. I thought it was like a, the, the really big pad you need when you're having like yes. a really heavy yes, flow. Yes, 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 yes. Right? It's all of those things. It's like smurf. Yeah. It's all of those things. This is one of the reasons many suffer anxiety, paranoia, and obsessive thoughts. This Great. is this is what you want to do to people who are in prison, right? <laughs> right. Who you, are already... Who right. already have like maybe committed some kind of yeah. heinous crime is deprive them from reality is you want right. to is you really just want to jumble up their brain yeah. and then go all right back out into the world with you right seems like a good plan craig haney a psychologist at the university of california santa cruz and a leading authority on the mental health of inmates in the u.s believes that some of them purposefully initiate brutal confrontations with prison staff just to reaffirm their own existence Gosh. to remember who they are wow yeah that makes me sad this is sort of interesting Coping strategy. Social, iso- social isolation is not always debilitating, however. Are some better than others at coping? And can you train yourself to resist the worst effects? Here, scientists have fewer hard answers, but we can at least look to the lessons of individuals who thrived or floundered under isolation. Okay. When Shroud, we're back to Shroud now, uh-huh. was imprisoned in Iran, she was arguably among the least equipped people to cope because her incarceration came out of the blue. Sure, she didn't have time to prepare. Yeah. People in her circumstances have their world suddenly inverted, and there's nothing in the matter of their taking, no narrative of sacrifice or enduring for a greater good to help them derive meaning from it. Mm-hmm. They must somehow find meaning in their predicament or mentally detach themselves from their day-to-day reality, which is a monumental task when alone. Hussein al-Sharistani... Good ma- job on that. Thank you. Managed it. He was Saddam Hussein's chief nuclear advisor before he was tortured and shed away in Abu Ghraib uh. prison near Baghdad after refusing on moral grounds to cooperate on the, devel- on the development of an atomic weapon. He kept his sanity during 10 years of solitary confinement. Oh, my gosh. By taking refuge in a world of abstractions, making up mathematical problems like 24 into 10,000. Oh, right. That would take me 10 years. (laughs) That would take me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. He is now deputy energy minister of Iraq. So he was able to cope. Yeah. Just some people are just, you know, they... You, it's a purposeful thing. You have to. Maybe it's maybe those people can sleep four hours a night. Look. You know what? What we would probably do is just run through like the entire season of Cheers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah. go through every yeah. sitcom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starting name with, all the characters yeah. and every. Yeah, I'd go like Three's Company. Yeah, move my way up through like Love Boat. Right. Sometimes uh, when I uh, can't sleep, I do stuff like that. Yeah. And that works, so I'm sure it'll work in solitary confinement. When I can't sleep, I imagine myself, like, winning an award. Uh-huh. And then people who are more successful than me are in the audience watching me win the award. Oh, yeah. I think you've told us that before. That- <laughs> Does that help you sleep, though? It just feels good. Oh, uh, okay. You know? I, I just go through every interaction and conversation. <laughs> so- oh, and question it. <laughs> right. I yes. do, oh, I do that just throughout my day, most of my day. Yeah. And texts, too. And I'll be like, should I go back and retext and oh, apologize no. because I said that a way Never that go back. they can construe as being weird and they're maybe offended by it? And then I go, oh, you're being crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't do that because then you're going to point out how crazy you are to that so person. I think, okay, so I think what we've learned is that if either of us or any of us were to be confined to solitary solitary confinement for 10 years, mm-hmm. when they took us out, they'd find like all the branches of the Gary Marshall shows, spinoffs, <laughs> all the Happy Days spinoffs. Yes. M- marked in excrement. 
on the wall. <laughs> and then it just says shit on it. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Edith Bone. Oh, wait a second. What? Edith Bone? That's her name. Edith Bone, a medical academic and translator, followed a similar strategy during the seven years she spent imprisoned by the Hungarian communist government after World War II, constructing an abacus out of stale bread. God damn and it. counting out an inventory of her vocabulary in the six languages she spoke fluently. Okay, so you have to be brilliant. Yeah, I think it helps to be smart to well, begin with. we're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I can't I can't make an abacus out of my own shit. I don't even know what goes into an abacus. I wouldn't know. I don't know how many how many balls beads. there are yeah. For, for. Yeah. Also, I want to eat that bread. That's kind of what I thought. I was right. like, uh, carbs. yeah, you need. Don't the food. you need? Yeah, <laughs> man. Such experiences may be easier to take if you belong to a military organization. Caron Fletcher. I think it's or Caron. K-E-R-O-N. Karan Fletcher, a consultant psychiatrist who has helped debrief and treat hostages, says mock detention and interrogation exercises of the kind he himself underwent while serving with the Royal Air Force are good preparation for the shock of capture. They teach you the basics of coping, he says. Also, you know your buddies will be busting a gut to get you back in one piece. I think the military are less likely to feel helpless or hopeless. Hopelessness and helplessness are horrible things to live with, and they erode morale and coping ability. Don't I know it? <laughs> For instance, U.S. Senator John McCain is a good example of how military mid. <laughs> Sorry. U.S. Senator John McCain is a good example of how a military mindset bestows psychological advantages. His five and a half years as a prisoner of war in Vietnam, Hanoi Hilton during which he refused to yield to his interrogators, actually seemed to strengthen him. Though, though, know what he has, though know what he had to say about the two years he spent in isolation, it's an awful thing, solitary. It crushes your spirit and weakens your resistance, resistance more effectively than any other form of mistreatment. The onset of despair is immediate, and it is a formidable foe. There is no more poignant illustration of the power of solitude to sink one person while lifting up another than the stories of Bernhard Moitessier, Moitessier, Bernard Moitessier. <laughs> I like every way you're pronouncing Moitessier. this. Moitessier and Donald Crowhurst, Crowhurst, two of the uh, competitors of the 1968 Sunday Times Golden Globe Round the World Yacht Race. <laughs> Wait, can we add more I words don't to know that? <laughs> if that's affiliated with the Golden Globes or the Sunday Times. Maybe all? Or what Sunday Times of what city? Sounds I don't know. very English. Yeah, I bet it is. The trophy offered to the first sailor to complete a solo, nonstop circumnavigation of the globe was won in, in 313 days by Robin Knox Johnston, the only one of the nine starters to finish. He seemed to relish being alone with his boat, but not as much as Montassier, an aesthetic, aesthetic Frenchman? I don't know. Um, but not as much as Montessier, uh, a Frenchman who practiced yoga on deck and fed cheese to the sheerwater birds that shadowed him. Mochessier found the experience so fulfilling and the idea of returning to civilization, civilization so distasteful that he abandoned the race despite a good chance of victory and just kept on sailing, <laughs> eventually <laughs> landing in Tahiti after traveling more than halfway around the world again. I continue nonstop because I am happy at sea, he declared, and perhaps because I want to save my soul. Wow. Crowhurst, meanwhile, was in trouble from the start. He left England. You were right ill-prepared, and sent fake reports yeah. about his supposed progress through the Southern Seas while never actually leaving the Atlantic. That's how I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's more like my situation. But, but really, it would be not like I need help or... But, uh, yeah, no, I'd definitely be asking for help right away. Drifting aimlessly for months off the coast of South America, he became increasingly depressed and lonely, eventually retreating to his cabin and consolidating his fantasies in a rambling 25,000 word philosophical treaties before jumping overboard. He's a very incel. <laughs> His body was never found. 
What message can we take from these stories of endurance and despair? The obvious one is that we are, as a rule, considerably diminished when disengaged from others. Isolation may very often be the sum total of wretchedness, as the writer Thomas Carlyle put it. However, a more upbeat assessment seems equally valid. It is possible to connect to it is possible to connect to find solace beyond ourselves even when we are alone. It helps to be prepared and to be mentally resilient. But we shouldn't underestimate the power of our imagination to knock over prison walls, penetrate icy caves, or provide make-believe companions to walk with. They were saying that people at sea or lost like mm-hmm. on deserted islands or whatever often anthropomize anthropomorphize objects like in uh, oh like Tom Hanks yeah with the Wilson the volleyball yeah. yeah so that's so try not to be alone too much because you can go cuckoo in the well cabeza that's why we're all here together that's right right yeah and in fact we will be back with another person yeah making ourselves less isolated I'm so excited right after this Welcome back to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. Danielle. Christine. It's so good to see you again. It's so good to see you. It's been so long. I know. I always miss you. When I pee. You miss me? I'm always like, Danielle. Where's that stuffed up little Jew? (laughs) (laughs) That's how I refer to you. Where'd she go? People say, how's that stuffed up little Jew doing? Yeah. In the first half of the show. Yes. We talked about how to survive isolation. But now we're going to talk about how to survive horrible neighbors, oh, the wait. opposite of isolation, with our very special guest, Sharon Houston. Sharon Hi. Houston. Hello. Hello. For those who don't know Sharon, first of all, Chris and I have each been friends with Sharon, but separately. Yes. For many, many years. Years and years. We, I guess we just knew her, but didn't know each other or something. Since we were babies. Since we were babies. And um, you can find Sharon at Go For Sharon on Instagram and TikTok. That's right. And so check out. Go for she's Sharon. a comedian. She's extremely funny. And she's also a TV producer. Yes. Yeah. Like uh, uns- unscripted TV. Unscripted TV. And then I just uh, just finished producing a, a, a documentary, a feature Ooh, documentary. Really? Can you tell us what it's about? Um, it's about the history of queer comedy. Okay. Oh, fascinating. Uh, it's really fascinating. I learned so much about the struggles of yeah. gay people, uh, non-binary mm-hmm. people, trans people, mm-hmm. and how how far they've had to push just to be heard, yeah. just to get stage time, mm-hmm. just to be welcome at an open mic. Yeah. And it is, it's going to be absolutely brilliant. Um, it's directed by Paige Hurwitz. It's oh, going, I love Paige. Yeah, she's amazing. Uh-huh. And it's going to be so good. I can't wait till it comes out. Oh, cool. And are there, con- oh, wait a second. So mm. I'm guessing then if it's directed by Paige that Wanda Sykes makes an appearance? She does. Okay, very yes, cool. Yes, yeah, because yes. they work together a lot. I know. Well, they're producing partners. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, Do oh, we that, know when it's coming out? Yeah. Or I don't know. I think January mm-hmm. is the is the date that it will be coming out. But you know, I don't know. You never know. Like they always put something on the calendar, and then you never know when it's going to be released because okay. it's going to be on Netflix. And is there a title for this? I n- not yet. Okay. We're, we were bouncing around title <laughs> ideas. You know, just to give it, give the title of the film more, you know, gravitas a little, because it is, it is, there are, it's really funny, but there's also some really poignant, heavy sure, moments yeah. within the film that are just so powerful. Like, it's going to blow your minds. Because I had, I had a suggestion, but maybe it's not, a gay old time, would that be okay? Yeah, no. No, okay. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, <laughs> but thanks for playing. <laughs> I could do this all day. Sharon. Hi. Hi. Oh my god. What is your crazy neighbor story? Okay, so check this out. This is this is crazy yeah. and uh, just I'm just going to tell you the end of the story now and then we'll go back. No, no, Are no. You sure you want to do that? I'm positive. Okay. Okay. Because I want people to know if anybody's listening that has crazy neighbors, you have to move. This is like a Sunset Boulevard situation where we're starting at the end. We're starting at the end. And I love you are it. the dead guys narrating the movie. Yes. Okay. And then we're back in, or like Desperate Housewives, kind of. You know what I mean? I For the didn't TV watch people. It. Oh, okay. The, uh, the woman who killed herself narrates the oh, story. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I yeah. did watch a few episodes yeah. before I finally was able to confront myself and say, this is not for you. (laughs) I loved that show. I did did too. I loved it. So good. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I thought it was really good. So I, I lived in this apartment for six years, right? When I first moved in, my neighbor had a girlfriend, mm-hmm. a gay couple, lesbian couple. And then within like a month, the girlfriend moved out. And I was like, oh, OK. And everything, you know, everything was fine. You know, cute little building in Windsor Square, you know, nice neighborhood. And then uh, and then the, the single girl 
started dating someone that she met on Tinder. Okay. And then like, you know, lesbians, they move in right away. <laughs> I've heard this as a stereotype. I don't know why that exists. Second Code date, they bring a U-Haul. Is, is, yeah. Is yeah, the, second yeah. date is the U-Haul. Third date is we're going to Ikea and Pottery Barn and then that's it. Like they just, they lock it down. The lesbians, they don't yeah. waste time. They do not fuck around. They're like, I like you. Let's do this, I right? I wonder why though. I still, I wonder why Is it women is. are just ready faster usually like in general? I just wonder because I'm not, I'm never like ready. I was gonna that say quickly. I'm not. I wasn't no. either when I was dating, so I don't. Anyway, yeah. So so they moved in right away, and initially it was like a love fest, and they used to call them the sex neighbors. Yes, but they didn't have any consideration for anyone, and they would have the sex with mm-hmm. the windows open. Ugh. Now I don't know if you've ever heard two women have sex. Okay, or I shouldn't say all women who have <laughs> sex because. I have sex with men and I'm not a screamer or a very loud, mm-hmm. but I know that some people are, you know, sure. they like to really express themselves. Sure. And get oh, into so you're it. saying two women. Okay. I see what you're saying. Right. But it, the, the noises that they made were so, um, it was like a sex repellent. Like it didn't make you horny. You were like, I am repelled. I never want to have sex. Like, this is disgusting. And me and the neighbors would talk about it. Like, did you hear what happened? And we were all like, yeah, it's just the, the, the most, disgusting sounds you've ever okay, heard. Okay, but was there dialogue? Yes! Okay, what was the dialogue like? The dialogue was the typical dialogue that you would expect to hear. Like the, like, Ooh, I'm more. almost there, okay. I'm coming, I'm coming. But the oh. but the guttural noises, <laughs> like the human noises, the the exchange of fluids, those noises. Wait, what? Yeah, like you could hear. No. Yes. Like slapping sounds? It was like dolphins. <laughs> like dolphins. It, I swear to God, it was like a, an e e e e e and then a splash <laughs> splash it was disgusting what? wait i have a question splash. was one of them a dolphin no they okay. were two human beings okay like literally it was the most i can't even it was like hearing a car wash there was lots of uh, splashing noises squelching. lots of yes squelching squishing Ew. splashing screaming okay. all of it right and i'm sorry were you right next to them or yes okay right next to it was five unit building Okay. So oh, it was like, so they're in the center, those. and then there's two girls on the outside, me and my other neighbor who I'm still friends with, and then two two people up, three people upstairs. Okay. Two, okay. two, two bedrooms and one studio, right? So it was like three and then three. So six units, sorry. Yeah. But there was never anyone in the studio because it was so tiny. But I'm like, zero units that? in that unit. Oh, honey, <laughs> let me tell you. It was just, it was vile. But it's like, okay, we'll just deal, right? Because I'm usually at work during the day, so I don't hear it. But on the weekends when I'm home, I want to do yeah. my laundry. You know, oh, I wanna, wait like, a second. So on top of all this, it's daytime sex? Yes. No. You couldn't predict it. <laughs> you couldn't predict it. Like any time, you're just like, oh, no, here we go. <laughs> Late at night, I could hear it. You, you couldn't leave your windows open because you're like, oh, here we go. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it was so loud but then then they started to hate each other oh no. so we didn't start at the end no well the end is you have to move that's the oh, end gotcha, the story gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. you have to move okay. you, it's never going to be cured so okay so they started hating each other and the fights i i have photos i can send i have photos <laughs> i have audio I, I recorded some audio were you making a documentary about them no i was actually just trying to protect myself because i was scared oh like we all were scared oh, they were having physical fights oh yeah oh no. they were having physical fights to where they would like throw each other stuff out into the courtyard and out into the front wow. yard jesus now these are professional women yeah. they have like real jobs they're professionals uh-huh. But they act like they were raised in a barn. Like they act like like crazy, loose, crazy people. Like okay. just like yes. like with no manners, no, you know, no um, respect for their neighbors. It's yes. like narcissists or each other. Or each other sounds like yeah, toxic. But well, but they're in love. Because I would say, why are you doing this? Because I love her. I'm like, but she gave you a black eye and she was arrested <gasps> oh, for wow. felony assault. Oh, I have. I, I got a copy of the arrest record. So is this the original woman living in the apartment? Yes. And so you're in a conversation with her. Yes. Saying, you need to get out of this. Oh, mm-hmm. so the abuse was one way. Physical was both abuse ways. was one Oh, no, they were beating each other up. Oh, yeah. Like our neighbors, we had these guys that lived upstairs and they pr- had to pry them apart. <gasps> and they were both bleeding. Wow. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and one of them had to go to the clink because they have this new, which I didn't know. They call it they call it the OJ law. If they see, like, let's say you and Jimmy got into a fight, which yeah. would never happen. No. You guys get along perfect. You have a perfect marriage. 
a hundred percent perfect. No strife. No strife at all. Yeah. But yeah. let's say he went a little bonkers and he like punched you in the face and he had a black eye. Yeah. And then you punched him back and he had a black eye. Right. The cops would go, well, one of you's going. Which one wants to go? Oh, okay. So that's what they did in this case. Okay. And they took the most codependent one. And because she was like, I'll go because she'll do anything to protect the other one who beats the crap out. of her. Oh, Jesus wow. Christ. It's Why don't they take them both? If they're both assaulting. I don't, I don't know. Because one time LAPD showed up and they were like, well, we don't know who to take because they're women. And I was like, well, an uh, assault is assault. And does it really matter? Like, well, if, I think yeah. they're saying they didn't know who was assaulting who. Isn't that what they're saying? I don't think that's what they were saying in this case. What do you think they were saying? They were saying it's two women. Which one do we take? Like, they, what are they going to do to each other? How bad are they going to hurt each oh, other? It's kind of like, like that conversation. Yeah, it seems like the police need to do a little bit of like. Well, this, I shouldn't say the police. It was just this one yeah. officer. The rest of the officers I dealt with. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the Olympic division. You guys are awesome. Um, they were really, you know, they did their best to like intervene and protect. Yeah. How often was this happening? All the time. At least three times a week. Um, wait, wait, three times a week the cops were called? No, I told everyone stop calling the cops because they thought I was calling the cops and I wasn't. Yeah. The only time I called the cop, I actually I didn't call the cops at this time. They, um, one of them, when they were having one of their blowouts, one of them screamed, she's got a gun. This oh is what they would God. do. She's got, help me. She's trying to kill me. Help me. Like screaming at the top of their lungs. So someone would call the cops because the course. whole block yes. heard it, right? And then they'd get mad at me and go, why did you call the fucking cops? And I said, well, first of all, I didn't call the cops, but you were screaming, she's going to kill me. She's call got a gun. the cops. Yeah. So somebody called the cops. Yes. You know? And so they would blame me <laughs> and then crazy. they would threatened to hurt me. That's really scary. Sharon. Scary. But they would go out of town for work or they'd go out of town for a vacation for like months at a time. So then we would all kind of like yeah. go, oh, okay. All right. All right. We can deal. We can deal. <sighs> you guys could get therapy for your PTSD. Yes, totally. And then they'd come back and it would, we were, they'd stay calm for like uh, three weeks and then the fighting would begin. What, when they, one time they, uh, one of them said, I don't know which one screamed it, said, she's got a gun. So what happens? And I have photos. LAPD shows up with rifles pointed at our building. Jesus and I happen to be like in between yeah. geeks. So I was home during the day and I'm like under my front window. I'm looking. I see the cops with rifles. I take a picture and then I go back into my bedroom. I call the management company. I'm like, hey, there are guns pointed at the building. Like the management company yes. would do nothing about these people. So uh, they're I, like they pay their rent on time. Exactly. And they paid the least amount of rent than anyone there because they'd lived there for forever. The girl that had the lease well, on the building. You'd think he'd you'd want, think to kick he'd them want them out. out. That's what you would think. So yeah. he can raise the rent yeah. by a thousand dollars. He didn't want to deal with eviction. The, yeah, the legality of it's not so easy. Out. I think to do that, too. it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. Even though in because I looked up uh, uh, California landlord tenant laws, if you're a nuisance, it's very easy for them to kick you out. You mm. get a three day pay or quit. They take you to court. You're gone. But okay. for some reason, they wouldn't use that in their arsenal. Or maybe there's something I don't know that in practice when you actually try to get that done maybe it's much harder yeah uh -huh. but it but the paperwork makes it seem like it's easy right okay. so uh so then that happened and i was just like oh my god we're gonna get shot and then one of them <laughs> came barreling down the front stairs towards the cops while their guns were drawn <gasps> and i was like she's gonna get killed she's gonna get killed and she didn't well, she, she was white. Of course. <laughs> of course. If I had done that, I would have been shot on sight. They were like, she looks Latina. Pow, 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 pow. Oh, and I would have said, no. Nah. You know. You're it, like, I'm just half. Yeah, yeah, I'm just half. <laughs> I'm just half. Here's my DNA test. <laughs> so it just really bad. And so, it, it, I, so then, so, but we would deal because they would go out of town. Then the pandemic hit and nobody could go oh. anywhere. Oh, Crap. Oh, no. I, I'm sure that didn't heighten the situation oh, at oh, all. Oh, no. God. <laughs> Everything went super pear-shaped rather than regular pear-shaped. Yeah. Then somebody called the cops on them, and then they came for me, and I had to. then I had to call the cops because I was like, they just threatened to kill me. They what? Just came, oh, wait, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Slow down. Somebody called the cops on them when okay. they were fighting. This, this was in January of, two, what is this, 2022? 2020. Yeah. No, 2021. Okay. Right. So you're, okay. I, am I... Yeah, because the pandemic started in 2020 and the lockdown started in 
later in 2020. Copy. That's right. So 2021, January 2021, they're fighting. Somebody calls the cops on them. And then after the cops leave, they come around my back window and they go, you better you better watch your back, bitch. And you better run for the fences because we're going to come get you. And they I was like, said that to you? Yes, all the time, though. But I would just ignore it. I've got audio of them like trolling oh me. Oh, my every God. T- yes. It, oh, it they was sound a- like they're in a like some kind of like murder gang it or does, something. Totally. These are not murder rational gang. people. They don't act like rational yeah. people. So, and they found each other. And they found each other. Right. And it's like crazy, crazy, me crazy. Let's be crazy. So I was like, oh no, what do I do? And then uh, I got blink cameras for my front and back doors. And I never walked my dog unless I had an escort. Right. So Jeez. one of my neighbors would go with me on all my You're dog living walks. like a prisoner. Exactly. And it was then I was like on a Zoom with my friends. You know, I reconnected as we all did during the pandemic, reconnected with a bunch of old friends from New York and we would play Quiplash every Friday mm-hmm. night. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I was like crying and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to move. I got to move. Where am I going to live? Everything's so expensive. Yes. Right? And they were like, we don't care. We'll help you just move. So uh, uh, but I ended up finding a place that I could. You know, I, I, you sometimes underestimate how much money you make when you don't pay attention to how much money you make. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I'm fine. I can move. I can afford to live in a more expensive place. No big deal. But I couldn't find anything for under $2,400 a month, even in crappy parts Jesus of K-Town. God. And I just would look at how much the rent was and how much my electric bill would be. And I could only get Spectrum. And Spectrum is so expensive. And I just was, uh, you know, freaking out. My friend Sarah w- uh, said, just come to Chinatown. Just come. Just come look. I'm telling you this is where you want to live. Because mm-hmm. I was you three years ago. But she had bed bugs, not oh, crazy God. neighbors. In less than a month, I found the most amazing place to live with the most beautiful view of downtown L.A. Oh. And I just, I, told, I called the management company. I'm like, I'm leaving. I'm giving you less than 30 days. Yeah. You're paying me my full deposit. Yeah. And they were like, okay. Oh, wow. They don't want any trouble. They don't want any trouble. Yeah. So I was like, great. And I got out and I'm thriving. <laughs> Yay. Yay. I'm thriving. But I'm just like, it was so miserable. And looking back, and I still keep in touch with the neighbors and, you know, they're still there, but it's just like, how did we survive? How did we survive? Are they still, are, are the crazy people still there? Oh, yeah. Why don't, you're right. They should just get kicked out. This is insanity. Yeah. It's crazy. You but can't like, threaten er- the people in your building and not suffer consequences. I don't understand why the management company doesn't do something. I don't either. But, you know, here's the thing. They couldn't behave that way anywhere else. So that's why they fight to stay there because mm-hmm. they would not get away with that behavior anywhere else. Anywhere else they would kick them out. And where I live, like if you're a nuisance, they move forward with eviction processes. Yeah. yeah. They, you know, there were some party gays on my floor, and they, they, but they didn't kick them out because their lease was coming up. But what they do in these fancy buildings is they don't go, okay, your lease is automatically renewed or whatever. They make you an offer. They go, we would like you to stay. Oh, that's what they do. That we would like you to stay. Here's your offer, and you're like, "Oh, you want me to stay? Thank you." And then you like negotiate your offer if you can. But they offer, you know, you have amenities, you know, you have a gym, you have a pool, mm. you have special events that they throw, you have a community of people that are wow. really nice. Oh, it sounds great. It's fabulous. I'm oh, never good. living differently again. This is the way I live now. <laughs> this is the way I live now. Yeah. Anytime I tell people that story, they're like, "That's." It sounds like a horror film. It does. Yeah, and yeah. it felt like it too. It, yeah. Uh, it's like living next door to. Oh, I'm sorry. They, Go ahead. No, they. My roommates were a couple, and they would fight like that. And the cops came, and they did the OJ thing. They had to take one of them. And oh, I, I remember I like, this. Yeah. I was like. Can I just take him somewhere else? Can I know I have somewhere else he can go? He's like, no, we have to take somebody, and it's it's tough. I mean, but was, in the same apartment. Was he hitting? They would hit each, each other in the street. One time, I was going to have <laughs> a friend come into town to see. He was going to stay for like two weeks or whatever. And when one of them found out, they got into a fight, and the other one came to me, and, and I was in the bathroom just sitting, like getting ready for something, and he's like covered in blood. <gasps> He's wow. like, your friend is not staying here, and then walked out. Jesus I'm like, what Christ. The f- it's so weird. They're they, gone, they're though, just, right, Gary? Yes, they broke, okay. they broke up. But they <laughs> and still they both talk. left? It was just too too intense. They were just codependent, yeah. too much stuck in one room together. It was wild. And you would hear it. They would be fighting and antagonizing each other. And it's just <laughs> it's it's, I, everything you're saying. 
I, I feel it. It's yeah, like, and oh, they would. Th- these girls would antagonize each other all the time. Yeah, hit me, hit me, hit me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, hit me, bitch. I dare hit you. Hit me, bitch. I dare yeah. you. And I'm like, what is happening, you guys? It's... Your age starts with a four. Why is this happening? <laughs> I know. Why is yeah. this happening? That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, yeah. I can't. Uh, grown women, and they had like professional jobs and stuff. Yeah. I think, yeah, but I mean, those sometimes you there's a toxic combination of people who find each other and it's rooted in childhood and those people just need to get yeah. help. And listen, if you're in a relationship like that right now, listener, you don't have to stay in it. You don't have to stay in it. You, can, you don't have to bother your neighbors with it either. Yeah, go outside. A, if, go, if for nothing else, it's rude to your neighbors. Yes. But totally. also, it's rude to yourself. And your roommates. If you live in Van Nuys and you want to punch each other in the face and you have roommates. Go to Sherman Oaks. Do do that over there. <laughs> you know what? Go I'll to t- Arlita. Do I it live, over there. I live in, you know what? I live in an area where you can yell and the neighbors can't hear you. So yeah. you can just move to an area like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good idea. Move someplace where there's no one around you. Yeah. Just, but you do have rats in your car yeah. and owls fucking or something. Oh, crows fucking uh, in your trees. Red-tailed hawks red-tailed that hawks. fall out of the trees when they're in their in cloacal kiss. Yeah. And they might fall on your head and you might get them. Yeah. They might kill But other you. than that. Aw, poor things. Yeah. I mean, we don't have that in Chinatown. No. Sharon, thank you so much. That was an amazing story. Crazy. We're Horrifying. so glad you survived Bonkers. it. I'm alive. You are. <laughs> and you have a gym and a and a pool in your building. Yeah. Good for you. And a fridge, a magic fridge. What's a magic fridge? It's like a every table they put food in it and you just point at a thing and you're like yeah i'd like to have a burrito and then the door opens and you eat the food wait so what, you, what yeah. are you talking about yeah so if you don't have if you're like i don't feel like cooking i'm just gonna go downstairs and see what's in the magic fridge and so there's meals in there wow. and smoothies and breakfast lunch dinner fresh fruit what? and then you just take your card and you go yeah i'll have this for four dollars or seven dollars and then the door opens and you take the food it's fabulous oh my god Be, okay so advice to anyone that's living next to crazy neighbors is be first of all a kick-ass successful producer like Sharon well I have to work my ass work off, your it's ass fine. well that's why it took us so long to get her here yeah that's true she works oh yeah that's true she does all I been able the to... time yeah so thank you for now that you have a little time off like a minute for coming in because we really appreciate you using your time off to come see us oh my god please so be really successful yeah and then get a magic fridge you could get a magic fridge you could have life. a magic fridge and we have Amazon lockers so when I get a package no I get a way. text message and they're like hey you have a package I'm like oh and then I go downstairs with my phone and I scan a barcode and a door opens and I get my package I love this okay, okay. well with that with that we are going to uh, take a break and come back with what did we learn today so, so much. much Chris hi Danielle are you ready to learn what we learned today so much so Okay, The Finale Boys, mm-hmm. the show I was on, is an American sitcom television series that aired on NBC from September 8th, 1990 to February 16th, 1991. Those were the days. <laughs> Those were the days. Double Trouble is an American sitcom television series that aired on NBC from April 4th, 1984 to March 30th, 85. I cannot believe it was only on one year. It was so much a part of my life, that show. How did it leave such a big impression on us? Because... They were so adorable. Right? Those girls were so cute and natural. Anyway, the series stars identical twins Jean and Liz Seagal as Kate and Allison Foster, two teenagers living under the watchful eye of their widowed father. I'm going to try to find that clip. Howard Hessman, oh, this is funny. Howard Hessman came to loathe head of the class, telling a reporter in 1989 that the show was a disposable frivolity and he was not doing the show that I was led to believe I do. And it's difficult for me to get off that. It was no WKRP in Cincinnati. Apparently. (laughs) (laughs) But that show was funny. It was funny. And it had good characters. Yes. Make a friend or you will die. Um, I think I have some. Focus on yourself. Thank you. Establish a healthy routine by scheduling your blood sacrifices at the same time each day. You know what? I find that works for me. Yes. (laughs) In the north, first, you know, maybe start your sourdough bread. Do the the sacrifice. Maybe by the time you're done with the sacrifice, it will have doubled in size or whatever it's supposed to be. I'm going to give this advice to my dad. I like it. In the northwestern United States, sprinkles are often referred to as jimmies. Jimmies, in this in this sense, are usually considered to be used as an ice cream topping, while sprinkles 
are for decorating baked goods. What? But the term can be used for both. No. Has anyone tried to put your husband on top of ice cream? <laughs> that would be so cute. It would be so uh, cute. Be so delicious. Never not ice cream. <laughs> So let me see. In the northeastern, see, it is the north. You know, here's the thing. I think what happened was we went to a particular um, ice cream shop, and I, I can picture it and everything. I just can't remember what it's called right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe they use the word Jimmy's because that's, that's where they were from. Maybe, they were maybe Eastern folk. Maybe. Okay. And that's why I know both. I don't know. It's possible. You can I tell you something really crazy, really fast? Yes. Have I ever told you what the name of the tree lawn is from where I'm from? You know what the tree, you know the the strip of grass mm-hmm. between the After sidewalk. The sidewalk? Uh-huh. Yeah, there's no name for it here, right? No. Is there a name for it where you're from? I, I don't. If there is, I don't even. So you know, when I came here, I called it the Devil Strip. <laughs> what? Because, and I still call it that because. Where I'm from, yeah, but only the very specific region. <laughs> Your house of from of northeastern Ohio, like Akron, Canton, Cleveland area. It's called the Devil Strip, and so I everyone where I'm from calls it the Devil Strip, and I thought everyone in the world called it the Devil Strip. Is there some etymology on that? I'm sure there is. I can't. I, I would. I'll try to track it down. When I came here, you know, I'd be like, "So do we put our trash trash on the Devil Strip?" And people would be like. Who are you insane person? I've never heard that in my life. Ever. So I'd be like, well, what do you guys call this then? And they were like, nothing. It's just the grass. The grass between, between the, the street and the sidewalk. And I'm like, it doesn't have a name? It does seem like it should have a name. So anyway, I think Devil Strip is a good name. I. It sounds. It just sounds like something in a waxing place. <laughs> just leave the Devil just Strip. leave the Devil Strip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is what I really wanted to know. 10,000 hours is just over 416 days. Good job figuring that out, Danielle. No, I didn't figure that out. That was Mr. Garen, and I'm assuming his calculator. The good old noggin. The good old noggin. Oh, Garen. fingers that typed it into the calculator. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. Again, friends or death. It's your choice. Mm, friends. I think friends. Friends. Stick together. Friends. Stick together. Are we, are we writing a song? I think we are, once again. Gosh, we're good at it. Well, until next time. Remain, remain calm. calm.